and, and especially uh, on the time that uh, our Lord was resurrected. Our, our Lord uh, died for our sins and redeemed us. If you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 23. We're going to begin reading in verse 32. Luke chapter 23, verse 32. While you're turning, I, I do want to thank you for praying for us as we were seven, eight days in Honduras. Uh, I also am thankful for a country that not only have police, but you may have, uh, hopefully you haven't been caught up in, in blasting the blue, but I can take you to a place where we had all of the presence of the army and the police and, and all kind of other kind of, of, uh, of authority and uh, people no more obeyed the laws there of the land. If you think New York is bad, if you've ever driven or took a taxi cab in New York, you can't even imagine. You could get close but not even imagine what it's like in Honduras when you're trying to drive on a two-lane with five lanes of traffic. And uh, it's a crazy thing. Along with that, families that have two and three children on a motorcycle, a little moped or something like that, darting in and out, missing your car about a half inch, and, it, and, and driving in between you. And, uh, and I thought, my goodness, this was what it would be like if we didn't have not only officers but made us obey the law. It would be utterly chaotic. And uh, then when those little babies get killed and all those people get uh, messed up on a motorcycle, uh, it doesn't matter. Around here, we make it a big thing, but, you know, it's just another death and another thing that took place. Anyway, thank you for praying for us. And, uh, and I'm always, you know, and I told somebody this morning, if you get to bellyaching about America, you get to bellyaching the way things are and you see how things are going, uh, I got news for you. Uh, just just go to Honduras. We're going to go the first the end of January, this first of the year, and start building a mission house. Go with us. If you want, I guarantee you when you come back, if you can bellyache and, and bellyache about anything, there's something wrong with you. Uh, when I get to feeling like I've been in the States too long, get to bellyache, and I, it only takes a third world country, and then I'm back on course. I'm thanking Jesus that he saw fit to have me born in Knoxville, Tennessee, and be living in Covington, Georgia. Anyway, <clears throat> y'all could have probably left out the Tennessee part. But anyway, in Luke 23, verse 32, it says, in the King James Version, and there were also two other male factors led with them, with him, or, yeah, with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which was called Calvary, there they crucified him, and the male factor my factors, one on the right hand and one on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they departed his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he be the Christ, the chosen one of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar. And sayings, if thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription, verse 38, also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, in Hebrew, which said, this is the king of the Jews. And one of the male factors which were hanged railed on him, saying, that thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the, others answered, but the other man answered and rebuked him, saying, 
Do you not fear God, seeing that that we are in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man had done nothing wrong. He'd done nothing amiss. And he said unto and he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, Today you will be with me in paradise. The universal symbol of the Christian faith is the cross, the old rugged cross. The empty tomb may be the foundation of Christianity, but the cross is the focus of Christianity. When we think of the place called Calvary, we think of, of, a, of a in our mind of a hill far away. In our mind's eye, we can picture that cross where Jesus died, but he didn't die alone. He died in between two criminals, in between two thieves. There weren't just one on that cross. There were three crosses on Calvary's brow that had to die that day. Verse 33 tells us, And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and one on the left. There, as again, there was a cross of crucifixion. There was a cross of redemption. There was a cross of reception. There was a cross of, rede- of, of rejection. And Jesus, I believe with all my heart that God had a calendar... And that calendar, many years before the earth was even ever formed, had an appointment. And Isaiah prophesied it 750 years prior to Jesus going to the cross that he, uh, Isaiah 53 for a fact, which says, And he, Jesus, was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Jesus had an appointment. It was on the calendar that he had to die for you and me. He came as a little baby and, and, and a precious little baby. And the world had no room for him. The Bible says there was no room for Mary as she were to bear Jesus. And then the Scriptures tells us that even as Jesus grew up, there were really no big rooms or no big uh, uh, parties ever thrown for the fact of Jesus, and he had 12 disciples, well, actually 11, because one was a traitor. And Jesus knew that from the very beginning, and his name was Judas. This, what we see, is three men on a cross, Jesus in the middle. One was on the right side, one was on the wrong side. Now, let me ask you something. Today, The title of the message is, Which Side Are You On? Are you on the right side or are you on the wrong side? You see, the cross is a divisive teaching because the cross proves that you and I have to make a decision. You and I have a choice to make. While it's true that Jesus really chose for himself to come and to redeem mankind, It was a choice that he made, but then when he got here, if you'll remember, he prayed in the garden, Lord, if there is another way, if there is a, if there is just some other way, and, but then he said, but yet not my will, Father, but thy will be done. The cross was a painful choice. It was a painful road, and it was one that Jesus had to bear for you and I. You see, The real question today is, 
that not only did Jesus die, not only did the criminals die, but guess what? You're going to die too. And you don't have a choice in the matter. The Bible says that there's appointed for once a man to be born, and then it's appointed that a man must die. A woman must die. I, I can remember just in my mind thinking about my mama, and I know my mama was getting older, and, and I used to think, you know what? She ain't ever going to die. I believe I'm going to have my mama until I die. Boy, was I wrong. You know, I saw my dad get sick, and I thought, you know, my dad's going to be around for a long time. But guess what? He died too. And I used to see Cindy's dad, and I used to look at him, and I said, you know what? I don't believe he's ever going to die. But he did. He woke up, and he gave up the spirit. And he went just like these two uh, two criminals, on, not as a criminal, not my mom, dad, and Bob. I don't need to implicate their criminals, but they still died the same way. And you and I have a choice, and I got news for you. I don't care how good, strong, uh, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, uh, sooner or later, you're going to die too. And the choice needs to be made now of whether or not you're on the right side of the cross or you're on the wrong side. Of the cross. Well, the great hymn that we used to sing in the old country churches that I pastored on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best and where a world of lost sinners was slain. You see, verse 33 tells us, and when they were come to the place called Calvary. Calvary was the place, it was the location of the cross. Luke tells us that the place was Calvary. Now, it's interesting for you to note, but if you take your Bible concordance and go to the word Calvary, you'll find out that Calvary was only mentioned one time in the New Testament. And it was actually by Dr. Luke who decided, and, and, and for whatever reason, he used the word Calvary. Now, the word Calvary comes from the Latin word, which means skull. Now, you kind of maybe understand why uh, the others, Matthew and John, mentioned what they did because they referred to Jesus coming to Golgotha. It was the place of the skull. It was a symbol of death. It was a symbol that, uh, that Jesus, he wasn't dying to himself. He was dying for you. He was dying for me. Now, on the cross, there was one man who died in his sin. And there was also a man who died to his sin. And Jesus was one who died for our sin. Yes, years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not that my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. Oh, that old rugged cross was so despised by the world. Has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left his glory from above and to bear it to dark Calvary. You see, Jesus, he was on mission when he was here. And we were never not on his mind. We were never not on his heart. And while we weren't there... He had a a bird's eye view of who you were. He knew exactly who you were. I I was listening to and watching last night, and it's amazing how the world will depict Jesus 
on these shows, but I think CNN put on one and Fox put on one last night, and I don't remember which one that I was watching, but I, I just about got ill when they had Jesus crying and trying to bring Joseph back from, to life when his daddy died, and, and he couldn't do without his daddy. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. We all love our daddy, and I'm sure Jesus loved Joseph. We don't really think about that, but Jesus was the Son of God. Jesus was God. He really didn't need an earthling father to help him along. He didn't need anybody to take care of him. He was 12 years old in the temple telling people he was, he was spellbounding the, the, the teachers of the law that day. He knew more about it than they knew himself. So uh, I, I look at that and I go, that's what the world wants us to believe, that Jesus got married to, to Mary and, and that he was some kind of wimp. Jesus was no wimp. And I got news for you. When he comes back and he sets this record straight, you're going to just find out what kind of man he was. And he wasn't, he wasn't a bulldog. He was a, he was a person that was sent by God. And he knew how to take care care of us and he knew how to die for our sin and he died for everyone that you would ever commit and when you come to him covered under the blood of the cross you don't have to worry about eternity because the Bible says that when you die you will go to be with him if you're one of his and if he's covered you in his blood boy I get riled up when I think about how the world treats this and yet the church just sits down and we say oh what a wonderful thought it's a wonderful thought it was a bunch of Hogwash is what I was quickly, and I just went and tuned it all out. But anyway, you see, when it comes to you and I, we need to understand that the Bible's clear uh, in thir- verse 33 in the New King, James, uh, New King James Version. When they had come to the place called Calvary, they crucified Jesus and the criminals on the right and on the left. You see, the crucifixion was a death penalty. Sometimes we, I think sometimes I've I've read theologians and I don't agree with them, that, oh, Judas, bless his little heart, he really didn't mind. He he didn't really want to put Jesus to death. Well, let me tell you something. He was pretty clear in John 19, 10 when he said, Knowest not that I have the power to crucify you. That means that Pilate said to Jesus, I have the power in my hands to have you put to death. And our form of, of, of execution was the type of execution that even today we could not Politically, we could not in every of our fiber. We can't even stand the thought of somebody being hung. Much less when people die today, they die quickly, either by a lethal injection or by a a zap in, in the electric chair. They do it quickly. The cross was not quick. It was at least three hours plus that Jesus hung on that cross along with those criminals. And he didn't do it because... He deserved it. He didn't do it because he was wrong. He did it because he loved you and he loved me. And, and <laughs> Jesus is the only one, my friend, that could have ever come to this earth and set the record straight. Adam and Eve messed it up in the beginning. But somebody had to come and straighten it out. And I hear people day to say that Jesus wasn't nothing other than an angel, a created being, and that he was actually uh, Michael's, uh, the archangel's brother, which was Satan. And I got news for you. That's a bunch of garbage. Jesus wasn't an angel. The Bible says in John 1 that Jesus was God and that he What was created in this world was created by him and his father. 
Look, we do everything we try to do to make everything fit our pea brains, but you can't always fit everything. I can't fit the God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit in my brain. I can't even wrap my arms around it. But it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean it's not true. It is. It's the Word of God. And the Bible tells us that Jesus was put on a cross and uh, the, the Gospels describe him being scourged at the stake and that he was put on a gibbet, which was a form of two transverse bars of wood to place him on the execution. And there the, the Bible tells us that they fastened him to the gibbet or to the wood cross and with iron nails. They didn't nail him like we often think in the palms of the hands. Oh, no. They put him in the wrist because there is a tendon in your wrist. And they knew as a Romans how to tear that tendon. And when they te- tore it, 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 it destroyed muscles in the back to which it put more suffering on those that was on the cross because they couldn't raise themselves up with any help of their upper body. It, it, it just sort of put it all on the feet and on the legs. Each nail, it is said, that were somewhat around six to eight inches long, and the nails were driven in his wrist. And uh, the Roman guards, as they began to, to, uh, uh, to prepare him for the cross... They didn't ease him down. They were thrown into a hole. And it began to tear what was already a, a, a terrible situation in, in Jesus' muscles and in his heart. Both his feet were nailed together. They were forced to support himself on a single nail that impaled his feet to the cross. Jesus could not support himself with his legs for long because of the pain. He was forced to alternate between arching his back, using his legs just to continue to breathe. Imagine the struggle. Imagine the pain. Imagine the suffering that he went through for you and I. Jesus was whipped, the Bible says, to the point where his back, his intricles were, his innards were exposed. And then they wrapped him and slapped him on the cross. The Bible says that they tore and ripped his beard from his face. The scripture says they put a crown of thorns on his head. And those thorns were thought to be two or three inches long as they forced it upon his head. There was nothing that went on in that man's life that was an easy battle. And he didn't deserve it. And our sin, your sin, my sin hung him and put him on the cross. You see, Galatians 5 tells us, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Jesus has made us free, and not being entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You see, Jesus, even though when he prayed in the garden, he knew of all this excruciating pain that would come to his physical body before he made the transformation into the glorified heavenly body that the Father would give him. But he knew that he had to go through the awfulest, pers- the awfulest execution that would ever take place for, from any person. And, and, and I think it's 313 A.D. when they finally, the Romans stopped doing that form of, of execution. You and I today, like the little girl who looked at her mother and when she was growing up, and as she grew a little older, she looked at her mother's hands and she noticed that her mother's hands were disfigured. They were a little scarred, and, and, and they were a little uh, monster-looking. When the little girl grew older, the mother would take her to the school, and all of a sudden the mother could tell that the little girl was uncomfortable. 
And the little girl finally said, Mama, you don't have to take me into school. You don't have to hold my hand. Mama, I'm embarrassed because your hands look so bad. Mama, what happened to your hands? So the mama looked at the little girl and said, Honey, for years I've been waiting to tell you this story. But I wanted to make sure that you were young or old enough that you would understand exactly what happened. When I was, when you were just a baby in your crib, I was out in the yard hanging the clothes up. And just as I began to hang the last garment on the line, I turned around and the house was engulfed in flames. All I could think about was getting in there and saving your life. She said, I ran into the house, and I grabbed you up out of the crib, but when I did, my hands were badly burned. But you were taken to safety, and now you live here today. The little girl looked at her mama, and she said, oh, mama. She said, your hands are so beautiful. And she began to kiss those hands, and she began to say, mama, thank you for saving my life. Thank you, Mama, for, put, for you putting your life on the line and giving me an opportunity to live. You see, the songwriter was so right when he said, So I'll cherish the old rugged cross. Why do we cro- cherish the cross so much and, and when it was such an ugly and hideous thing? It's because on that cross, in all the suffering and everything that Jesus went through, he went through because he loved us like that Mama Loved that little girl. And he loved us with such intensity that he was willing to die. A death as such as he died for you and I. You see, Jesus was the cross, first of all, of redemption. And, and I want you to understand that Jesus, when he died, he didn't die in a cathedral or in a, in, in a cathedral or between two candles. The Bible tells us that he died on a cross. And one, one of the persons on the cross was a benefactor. One was a blasphemer. One was a believer. There was the Savior and a sinner and a saint. As I said, one died for sin, one died in sin, and one died to sin. You know, for just a moment, maybe we need to think, while Jesus in the middle of that cross, one man on one side dying as a sinner, one man died and ended up as a saint. Which are you? Is Jesus your Savior and your Lord? Or are you like the man on the wrong side? You've decided, you know what? I don't believe in that. I'm an atheist. I I don't really believe in that kind of of garbage. Well, guess what? One day you're going to die. And you're going to put your garbage to the test. And I promise you... The garbage that any of us might think that Jesus is slinging will be just like a fresh brook clear of water. But if you miss it and you don't receive it and you reject it, you will not end up. You'll end up where the one on the cross that went on the wrong side, you'll go where he goes. While it's true that the cross divides everyone in this auditorium this morning, Christ is still in the middle. There is the cross of redemption. He provided through the cross. Not only did he come to redeem us, Galatians 5.1 says he come to set us free. 
and he, and he paid your sin debt and mine. He's the only one that could do that. Why? Because Mary was overshadowed not by the seed of a man. She was overshadowed by the seed of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that Jesus' descendant came from a heaven above. And you say, well, I don't understand that. You're not supposed to. You accept it by faith. The Bible says, now we see through a glass darkly in the book of Ephesians. But when we die, we will know and see as we're known. You want to know when you'll get it? When you die. When you get that information, we'll all get it together when we get see Jesus face to face. Some things, most of everything that we see in the Word of God, we accept by faith because we believe Jesus did not lie and he told us the truth. The cross of redemption demands our choice. What choice? The choice of whether or not we believe that Jesus died for us and the choice of receiving that, accepting that, and believing that Jesus came for me if he had not come for anybody else. And as long as I believe and trust that and know that he's my Savior and I I, I accept him as my Lord, then like the song said, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white. As snow. You see, Jesus paid it all. He bought our salvation on the cross. That's the cross of redemption. Second of all is the cross of reception. You see, the one man on the cross who died, he didn't deserve to be saved. I hear people all the time. Matter of fact, we were in a village. And in that village, this, this one family fed us every night. Seemed like we had chicken for everything. I was sick and tired of chicken. I just wanted to get back and eat a when I hit the Honduran uh, airport, I was thinking about a hamburger, and I thought about that airplane ride. I said, no, I'm going to eat chicken. And so, but when I got back home, I got me a hamburger. I've eaten a hot dog. I've, I've eaten a lot of good stuff. And, uh, but over there, you know, they like pollo. Pollo is chicken. And, and, and all I'm saying to you, they, got, they fix chicken every way you can fix a chicken. And, and if you're a chicken over there, you ain't going to live long <laughs> because they're going to catch you. I saw one chicken over there that had only about four or five feathers. I said, they're going to get him eventually. He got about five feathers left. And then when they finally grabbed those five, they're going to get him. (laughs) So understand that this man didn't deserve to be saved. He was a man who came to the very end of his life. He'd never repented of his sin. He'd never given his life to to Jesus. He was not a member of any public or, or a local church, and he lived a life of rebellion against God. And yet the love of Jesus so great that no matter what his sin had been, no matter where his sin had brought him, Jesus was willing in the very last hour to say to him, you will be with me in paradise. Now understand that what that man was saying on the cross, he made a prayer in his confession or confession in his prayer. He confessed in verse 40 that he feared God. He said, doesn't thou feel, fear God and seeing that thou art the same condemnation? We see that he confessed that he was guilty in verse 41. We indeed justly, for, for we receive the due rewards of our deeds. He confessed that Jesus was guiltless and innocent in verse 41. He said, this man has done nothing wrong. You see, he also believed that there was life beyond. There are a lot of people who believe that when you die, you just go to the grave and that's it. I got news for you. That ain't true. And you can, I can show you about four or five different instances that I'm not teaching and that Paul or Mark or Luke or Matt, they did, Jesus taught it. 
Jesus taught life after death. What, now, what does that mean? That means this body is the only thing that dies. When you walk out of this body, and one day you're going to, you're going to walk right into eternity. Now, you'll either walk in through choice to heaven, or you'll walk in because you make the same choice if you end up in hell. You have a decision to make, and you and I need to make. And and what was the difference between the thief that went to hell and the, the thief that went to heaven? It was Jesus. He made the difference. You know, I hear a lot of people say, well, Mike, you you don't understand, man. Uh, We've got to pray this prayer. Now, don't get me wrong. We're going to fix and teach in a soul winning class, and I like this little prayer. It says this. Dear Lord Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner and that you died on the cross for my sins, and I want to turn away from my sins and invite you to come in to live in my heart and be in charge of my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for forgiving me, for loving me, and for dying for me. Now, please help me to live for you and never be ashamed of you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. I hear people say, well, I prayed the prayer. Well, let's look what the prayer that this guy prayed. Because this man made it in. And I want us to look at it. Look in verse 42. What did this thief, what did this criminal pray? He, He looked at Jesus and he said, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Boy, now that blows those long prayers right out of the water, don't it? He probably didn't have enough energy to say much more than that. He was dying too. Jesus, please remember me when you come into your kingdom. You see, he believed in life after death. He received. Jesus. And what did Jesus' response to him? No, I can't save you today. After all, I believe in work salvation. You got to see your fruits. (laughs) You got to do a little work. You got to tie it to the church. You need to be faithful in the church. Jesus didn't say any of that, did he? He said, today... Thou shalt be with me in paradise. Now, there's a lot of people who don't believe in deathbed repentance. Well, then you just don't believe the Bible. But let me tell you something. In that village I was telling you about, there's the oldest man in that village. Now, men kind of have it made over there because it's, it's, it's a woman, I mean, it's a man's world. When I first saw him, he was laying in a hammock. When I saw the other men, they were laying in a hammock. When I noticed all the women, they were working. And, and, and I thought, boy, I know one man here in Georgia that would sure do well there, and his name's Putty. He would, he would make it well in Honduras. But you see, this 80-year-old man, when we asked him about his salvation, here's what he said. I am in a work of process. I'm processing this. I'm, I'm progressing. You see, where he's coming from is Catholicism. And we said, you know, he's 80, about 84 years old. How much processing you got left? And, and we didn't press him too hard to bruise him, mess him up, but we kind of leaned on him a little bit 
And, uh, and of course, we bless the fire out of them too. But you see, the fact of it is, the decisions that we make, the choice that we make for Jesus has to be made while we're living in these bodies. I didn't set it up that way. Jesus did. But when you die, it's over. There is no purgatory. Boy, you, when I preached that over there in a, in a village that was way back, and it wasn't nothing but Catholics everywhere, I know they, I said, there ain't no purgatory. The Bible don't teach purgatory. We're all individual priests. Boy, they, they're all looking at me like, where'd he come from? And, and, and I said, you can't pray anybody out of purgatory and get them into heaven by the money somebody pray, gives you. Because you don't have no money, you'll never get out. Well, you can't get out of something that there ain't nothing there to get out of. The Bible says you go to heaven or you go to hell. <laughs> Jesus said, fella, you're going to be with me today. The minute you quit breathing, you're going to paradise. The third cross is the cross of rejection. You see, the thief on the cross, on the one hand, rejected Christ's appeal. Listen to it in verse 39. He looked at Jesus and said, If you be the Christ, then come down and cross and, and, and save thyself and us. You know, what he was, you know what he was looking for? He wasn't looking for redemption. He was looking for a rescue. How many of you gotten yourself sometimes in such a trouble? And I know a lot of times we hear this called jailhouse religion or, or drug addiction. You know, you're down at the bottom of the barrel and you feel like you're going to die and all of a sudden you cry out unto God. Well, you're not really crying for redemption. You're crying for a rescue. You want somebody to get you out of the trouble that you're in. That's not salvation. A lot of people appeal to the Lord like that. They'll walk down an aisle, make a decision, get themselves out of the present trouble they're in in some kind of dilemma or some kind of hard situation, and they're a cry to appeal to Jesus as to save us, to rescue us, to get us out of the misery that we're in. But let me tell you something. The cross that we're referring to here, and he said, if you get us down over here as is to say, I'll believe in you. Well, why don't you believe in him when you're in your trouble? Why don't you believe in him when you're in your misery? What, what do you think he owes you to get you out of some kind of trouble that you got yourself in? Two men died that day, and the only difference between them was Jesus. Understand that the thief who was lost did not go to hell for what he did. He went to hell because of what he did not do. You see, he didn't go to hell because of his robbing and his stealing and his murdering. Jesus died for those sins. He went to hell because he rejected the Son of God. Time after time after time after time, if I shared and shared, and, and, and I understand and I don't get upset anymore because I realize there's just people going to reject it until they're ready to receive it. But that doesn't mean we're not to quit sharing. We're, we're to keep scattering the seed. We're to keep telling about Jesus, no matter whether they receive it, reject it, or what. Three cross stood on Calvary's hill, surrounded by a mob. Two crosses bore two dying thieves, and one was the Lamb of God. Two crosses bore two dying thieves who justly suffered shame. The one cross bore God's sacrifice, the Lamb for the sinners slain. One thief received the dying Lamb 
repented of his sin. The other thief refused to hear, and he did not enter in. A little boy, in closing, lived next door to what they thought was the wisest man in all of the village. There was nothing he didn't know. And the little boy says, you know what? I think I got something that's going to trip him up. He took a little bird out of a cage, and he put that bird in his hand. He said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to that old man, and I'm going to say, is this bird alive or is this bird dead? He said, if he says this bird's alive, then I'm going to crush it, and it'll be dead. If he says the bird is dead, then he'll make it the very opposite and show that it's alive. He said, he can't wiggle out of this one. He ain't that smart. So the little boy headed next door. And he looked at the man. He said, I have a bird in my hand. Now tell me, if you're so wise, is this bird dead or is it alive? And the wise man looked and thought for a moment. Then he said, son, that's entirely up to you. Your choice. Today, one of these days when we die and we go into eternity, you say, well, what's, am I going to be alive with Jesus or am I going to be dead in hell? Which ain't going to be dead in hell, but you wished you would die. You wished you'd be dead. Which is it? I'll tell you like the wise man told the little boy, the decision is totally up to you. You won't be able to blame Jesus for it. He did everything he possibly could to see to it that you end up in heaven with him. If you end up in hell, you won't be able to blame me because today you just found out that the only way, John 14, 6 says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh to the Father except that what? He come through me. Come through who? Come through Jesus. Jesus through the cross. The only way that we'll ever come to Jesus is the foot of the cross. Many of them that day were rejecting Jesus, and many today are still doing the same. Choice is up to you. You have that choice. Are you alive in Christ, or are you dead in trespasses and sin? You know the answer, and only you can make the choice. With your head.